It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, guys? This is Chris Russell, co-host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I know this is weird placement, but we wanted to start this particular episode of LOWFT by remembering the life, the legacy, and the impact of Hall of Famer Sam Huff, who passed away over the weekend at the age of 87. Sam Huff was a great linebacker, started with the New York Giants, never forgave Ali Sherman for trading him, reunited in Washington with Vince Lombardi, and then became a broadcaster after his Hall of Fame career was over. I was lucky enough to work with Sam on the same broadcast from 2010 through 2013 in the same booth, traveling together, having breakfast together before games, uh, and so many stories and so many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful memories. Uh, Sam, we will miss you. Um, thank you for the impact that you made. And on behalf of David and uh, I'm sure Washington football team slash Redskins fans, you will always be missed. And thank you for everything you did. Rest in peace, Sam Huff. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're Locked On Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am Dave Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. He's Chris Russell, one half of the Russell Metter Show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern and on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're also on Twitter at WrestleMania621, at DHarrison82, and at Locked WFT Pod. Chris, the Washington football team, three and six now on the season through 10 weeks after their ninth game of the year, a win 29 to 19 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't like to take too much credit here, but I predicted a 10 point margin of victory. So I pretty much nailed it other than the fact that I predict the Buccaneers to win by 10 points. Yeah, that was a good prediction by you, David. I of course had the Washington football team, not only winning, but winning 29 to 19. So you must've missed that in our last episode <laughs> when I slipped that, when I slipped that in there. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here, at FedEx Field, um, you know, as we record this, about you know, roughly an hour removed from the final gun, and I'm still having a hard time, you know, processing it all. Just from the standpoint of like, look, I I think we both thought, hey, look, if they do this and they do that and they you know, cause three or four turnovers, and if Haneke plays better, uh, and if they you know can somehow figure out a way to convert one of these opportunities in the red zone, as we talked about all week, that they could probably hang in there. Maybe they would cover the number, you know, which depending on where you got it, um, you know, was 10, nine and a half. I think Bet Online's final uh, number was 10, but some people had it at nine and a half. It, 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 whatever. The bottom line is the bottom line is this. Um, I can't honestly tell you that I ever could have expected a 10 point win, uh, basically complete domination uh, in the key areas that matter. I know it got tight. I know it got close 
But when they absolutely needed to convert on third down, and they really did throughout the game, when they absolutely needed to convert, they just kept doing it over and over and over again on that final 10-plus minute drive. And I have never seen a drive, David. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time with this team in person. I've seen a lot of bad, bad, bad games and a lot of bad Sundays. I've never seen this team put together a drive quite like that. Never. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a team put, put together a drive like that. It was it was incredibly uh, impressive. And like you said, helps them get some of their numbers. I right? had 11 for 19 uh, for the Washington football team offense on third downs on Sunday, 320 total net yards, 94 yards total rushing against one of the better rushing defenses of the NFL. And that's really what kind of makes that final drive uh, really impressive is, is a lot of that is done on the ground. There were some very impressive uh, passing plays that catch there by Dax Milne, another catch by Terry McLaurin later on in the drive, both very impressive, but a lot of that damage done on the ground. And then in total, Chris, 39 minutes of possession, a little bit over uh, time possession for the Washington football team. And it's kind of one of the first few games we've talked about it before uh, that Washington has outgained opponents before this season and lost. They've, They've held the time of possession battle or they've won the time of possession battle uh, and, and lost games. And in this game, they kind of finally put it all together. Uh, and of course, I think we have to, you know, we're going to get obviously deeper into our defensive analysis, but I don't think uh, that we can leave segment one of this game as excited as everybody is for the Washington football team to have brought in the Super Bowl champions. You have the wild card rematch from, uh, from January kind of gave birth to the rise of Taylor Heineke and, and here you see, I mean, maybe Taylor Heineke just needs to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers every week and then he'll be the yeah. league MVP. But <laughs> we have to talk about the loss of Chase Young, right? We don't have any confirmation, obviously, uh, but the assumption, right? And, and you hate to go too far on assumption. So I want to overemphasize to everybody hearing this, that these are, this is, it's nothing, nothing is official, but anytime a cart comes out, you know, kudos to him. It's a, it's a demonstration of how much of a warrior he is shaking off the, 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 the cart and walking as much as he could. Uh, with the help of obviously of a couple of trainers walking off the FedEx field instead of riding off in a cart, but doesn't look good for Chase Young. What are your thoughts? Just just knowing the young man and watching him here in his first two years of his career, watching him have to leave the game like that, but then also how the team rallied after the fact. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you said it all in a nutshell there. I, I mean, I'll give you this, just watching it in front of my very own eyes. Like, you know, at first I didn't know exactly what happened. I mean, he's going against Donovan Smith, who, by the way, blanketed him in the playoff game last year right yeah. and there's been a lot of controversy over chase and ron and chase and his lack of production this year this week all of that right so i was really you know kind of locked in on what kind of performance was he going to have was he going to show the world and ultimately he didn't get a chance to show the world uh, i will say this i mean when you see him writhing around in pain again you still don't know what exactly it is at that point david only until i saw the replay that i see his knee give out and reportedly, it is a torn ACL, right? Ron, after the game, said, you know, they think it's an ACL, but they'll have to wait for sure. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network somehow majestically, I don't know how, because uh, not here, immediately reported that it was a torn ACL. Uh, and I know there are one or two other reports that have basically indicated that it's a torn ACL. That's what they believe it is. And those are generally easy to see, easy to feel. They do the little wiggle test, uh, and they can tell usually 99% of the time right away. So that's probably exactly what happened here. They pretty much knew it was shredded uh, from the beginning. Now, there's a couple of things real quickly here. 
the question is, is whether it's ACL, MCL, and PCL, whether it's, you know, wh whether there's other damage, that's going to be the key here, not necessarily whether or not, David, he has an ACL. That's the belief. I mean, it's almost for sure that he has an ACL. Right. It's the kind of damage that is, is associated with that that I'm concerned about. And two, uh, the other thing I'll say, you mentioned him not refusing to get on the card. That's one thing. That's tough guy stuff, bravado, you know, in the moment, you know, you're, you're probably in shock. The fact that that guy came back out on crutches in the second half, uh, obviously out of his uniform and what have you, uh, shows the kind of, I guess, you know, spirit he has and toughness he has and leadership he still has. Uh, I saw that in Cleveland in week three last year when he went out early in the game uh, with, uh, you know, with, an, with a hip injury or whatever it was. Uh, I saw him on the sidelines in that game. This is something that Chase Young is, okay? Yeah. And they're going to miss that. They're going to miss that. Um, you know, I'm sure he can help them in other ways. But uh, for him to do that, and apparently he also gave a halftime speech. A couple of the players said uh, after the game that he gave the defense a halftime speech that fired them up. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, that should tell you a lot about Chase Young. All right. So that's uh, a couple of opening thoughts. Uh, obviously the big win coupled with the really, really tough news uh, on Chase Young. Again, we'll get official word at some point on Monday, but uh, as you're listening to this, you pretty much can expect that that's going to be the way it goes down. We'll come back with our offensive analysis and our defensive breakdown, our players of the game uh, and plays of the game right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. I'm live at FedEx Field. Does this sound familiar, guys? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff, whatever the good stuff is. Uh, well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. Of course, we are always free and available on all platforms. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell, uh, coming at you live from FedEx Field, or not live. You know, you get the point. We're recording this live at FedEx Field. <laughs> I'm not still at FedEx Field if you're listening to this on Monday afternoon. I've actually gone home. Uh, but let's hit the voicemail line and let's get, uh, of course, some of our uh, regular uh, voicemailers involved here after a big Washington 29-19 win over the defending Super Bowl champions. And let's queue up LP from New Jersey. Boys, LP, New Jersey. 
I think everyone owes Camion a little love. My man called it. I don't know if he had the score right. I don't remember. But he called it. And mad love to my man. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, here is the thing I, that, that I really want to say. And what I liked. And what I'm really happy about. This was sheer will. We had backups, backups playing. And it was just basically sheer will. And that, that I think all fans needed to say was that we had that capability of sheer will and determination. So that, that's all I'm going to leave with. Who played great? Who didn't play great? Who missed this guy? Who didn't have this tackle? I don't care. I don't care who was the best and who wasn't the best. What I care was sheer will. And that really, honestly, I feel like was what won this game and as fans, what we needed to see from this team. Have a great day, guys. All right. Thank you, LP, as always. And yeah, I mean, everybody's going to be fired up a little bit more this week, David, um, with the 29-19 win. And I think more the way they went about it, um, uh, you know, is really kind of the key. And, and I guess we'll get into our offensive analysis here. Um, we kind of touched on it, imposing your will, especially late in the game. I, again, I don't recall in 13 years of covering the Washington football team slash Redskins, a 19-play, 80-yard drive, 10 minutes plus, this time 10-26, that finishes off with a fourth-and-one touchdown by Antonio Gibson that puts the game out of hand. What did you think of the call uh, by Ron Rivera? Because I tweeted this live. I said, up four, no timeouts left for Tampa Bay because they burned their timeouts trying to stop the clock earlier in that drive. Uh, No timeouts left. They would have had to drive 99-plus yards to score a touchdown, not a field goal, even if they didn't make the fourth down and therefore the touchdown. And if they did, they obviously would win the game. To me, it was a no-brainer from Ron Rivera. Some people were trying to say, oh, I'm surprised that he's going for it. Why? I mean, if they if they didn't make it again, Don Brady and Tampa Bay has got to drive 99-plus yards with 40 seconds left, maybe a, a little bit less, and no timeouts. And they still need – again, they need a touchdown. They can't just get a field goal. To me, it made all the sense in the world – and Ron caps off the perfect drive with a very, very, very good decision. Yeah, absolutely. And to go back to our, our previous conversation, 13 of those 19 plays were run plays. A couple of those were past calls that Taylor Heineke took under uh, his own his own power, and, and, you, and you love to, hear, to see that from your quarterback. Uh, I love the call, and, and I'll, I'll admit, I, I sent out a tweet myself on that third down when they got stopped short when, when Antonio Gibson barely got stopped short of the goal line. I sent out a tweet. It was like, Oh, you know, they ran the ball down here. What an amazing drive. Uh, pretty much, you know, ate up pre- pretty much the entire fourth quarter. We should see a field goal here. Washington will go up seven and the Buccaneers have a chance to tie here with very little time and no timeouts. And then they tried it out on there. I think the telecast also said it'd be a good idea to go for it fourth. I saw your tweet saying it'd be a good idea to go on for forward on fourth. I said, yeah, it, it would be an, a great idea to go forward on fourth down. That all makes complete sense. So people may not have, if you didn't think about it in the moment, like, oh man, they should go for it on fourth because of all of these reasons, that's fine. You know what I mean? But if you saw a Chris Russell tweet or heard uh, a Fox telecast say that, you know, that's a good idea. It's okay to admit after the fact that you didn't think about it. I retweeted my own tweet and said, oh man, the the greatest premature tweet in the history of premature tweets because the Antonio Gibson touchdown obviously puts the game uh, realistically. I mean, I guess technically it's not out of reach, but realistically out of reach and obviously Washington comes away with the win. The Buccaneers really didn't even try uh, to actually get another score on the board. They knew um, that it was over. 
so yeah, it's it's an amazing, it's a great call. It's not even that that when you when you put it all in perspective and you say, yeah, if you go forward and forth, you don't get it. Barring a turnover, like a fumble or an interception, uh, you're putting your opponent in an incredibly uh, impossible situation. And even Tom Brady, I mean, if there's a quarterback in the NFL that can orchestrate that kind of a drive, maybe him, maybe Patrick Mahomes. I know a lot of people are kind of losing confidence in him. But there's not maybe an Aaron Rodgers if he has his full complement of weapons. But there's not a lot of people in NFL history that are going to orchestrate a drive uh, like that one. And I mean, Tom Brady, uh, you know, has never actually completed a hail mary pass at the end of a half or at the end of a game. So that would have been a first if he got in a position to do it. So I I like the call because yeah, the the upside and this is what we talk about all the time with fourth downs and going for it, right is the is the potential downside worth the potential upside in this situation? The potential upside is you score a touchdown and you win the game. The potential downside is you don't score a touchdown. Your defense basically didn't play the fourth quarter. Like they've, they've been resting. They've been, and they've been, and they've been successful the rest of the game. But Tom Brady only finishes with a quarterback rating of 80.5 uh, after this game. So you've had success against this team. They're, they're depleted a little bit in their receiving, receiving core, and you get to play soft coverage knowing that they have to score a touchdown. A field goal does nothing for them. So all the advantages in the world if you don't make it, there, there's really no, I mean, it's, you know, maybe some nail-biting moments for the fan base, but really at the end of the day, you're in just as good a situation either way. I don't know the analytics. I'd be interested to see if, like, Cynthia Freeland does a thing where, you know, if they didn't get the touchdown, what are the odds they win versus getting the touchdown? But if getting the touchdown gives you 100% chance of winning, not getting it probably gives you, like, I don't know, 78% chance of winning. So you take those yeah. odds every time. Yeah, I don't know what the analytics would be either. Here's what I know. Common sense tells me that if a dummy like me can figure out that it was the right thing to go before, then a smart person could probably tell you the same thing. And the mathematics can either go, you know, go kick all the rocks or they can back up whatever, uh, you know, we're talking about here. Because again, it was the absolute right move considering the time, the situation. The score, you know, the pluses, the minuses, all that. Plus, Ron's a gambler anyway. Ron, I mean, they don't call him Riverboat Ron for no reason. Fourth on fourth down has gone for it a lot on fourth down this year. They have not been very good on fourth down. So keep that in mind. That's another thing here. But really, in order to set that up, we've talked about how good they were on third down throughout the game. And obviously, that was right from the jump, 11 of 19. I could, David, I could tell, I could tell that, that, uh, and, and remember, they they lost a third down conversion that I think would have counted uh, if not for Dax Milne with the catch and fumble, uh, which was stripped by Levante David, which then turned around real quickly into a Mike Evans touchdown. And I think Kendall Fuller and Ron Rivera were upset that uh, Evans kind of used a rip or swim or whatever it was to get past him uh, up the sideline. That's neither here nor there. The bottom line is Washington not only kept possession of the football on that final drive for the 10 plus minutes, as we mentioned, but really throughout the game, you don't get to almost, you know, 39 plus minutes time of possession just on one drive, right? Uh, without that, they still had 29 minutes roughly of time of possession. In order to get that, you have to convert on third down. And I thought Taylor Heineke, they've struggled on third down all year. That's not a surprise. I thought Taylor Heineke was decisive. I thought he was seeing the field well. There were some plays where he took a couple of sacks, the one right near the end zone. I understand that. I'm not saying he was perfect, but you know how critical I have been of him. So if I'm critical of him when he plays poorly, David, I'm telling you, and I tweeted this on the second drive, I believe it was, um, uh, for Washington. I could see from my vantage in the press box, 
without slowing it down, that Taylor Heineke was more comfortable and more decisive, more on time, more on in rhythm. So, you know, I, I think that was all a part of what led to this 10 point win over the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just in the beginning of the game, there, there's a play where Taylor Heineke runs uh, on third down, doesn't get the fourth, doesn't get the first down, but he puts them in position for a Joey Sly field goal. And that turns out obviously to be critical towards the end of the game. And those are kind of the smart decisions that you want your, your quarterback making. Then even earlier in the game, there's a third down throw to Ricky Seals Jones where it, it, it careens off of Ricky's hands. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you're talking about the criticism of the quarterback, that's not a situation where you're talking about Taylor Heineke making the wrong decision or throwing the ball too high, too low. It was a little high, I guess, a little elevated, but nothing that Ricky shouldn't have brought in. Uh, and he'll admit as well as well. Only one pass in this entire game. And I remember tweeting and said, that's the first pass today. I think it came in the third quarter where Ross Cockrell had the opportunity to potentially intercept yep. it. Doesn't do it. Um, Good not call. fast enough Good because call. there's a reason he's a backup defensive back in the NFL. Um, but that's the only one. That's the only pass from this entire game that I can point to and say, Taylor Heineke, bad decision. Don't do that again. Smack you on the nose. Send you to the corner. Don't ever do that again. That's it. Out of 32 pass attempts, and then 35 or so pass dropbacks, one pass. Listen, if that's the Taylor Heineke that we've been getting before this, and you, you don't want to kick a dead horse, but if that's the Taylor Heineke we've been getting before this, Chris, this team has five or six wins. If this is the quarterback you get moving forward, this team has a fighting chance if a team like Dallas can get better competition than what the Atlanta Falcons gave them on Sunday uh, to potentially make some noise in the NFTs, things aren't over. Things aren't dead. I know some people are still out there beating uh, the draft pick drum. But listen, this is the quarterback that you were wanting to see in Taylor Heineke. So let's celebrate it. Let's let, like you said, we're going to criticize. So when he when he does well, let's let's celebrate it, appreciate it. And uh, let's let's hope that it continues against the Carolina Panthers next weekend. Absolutely. And we'll get to more on Heineke and this win coming up shortly as the Washington football team gets their third win of the year. Uh, and beats the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers here at FedEx Field 29 to 19. Built Bar, guys, is the best tasting protein bar ever. If Taylor Heineke played his best game of the season, well, then you should be celebrating with multiple Built Bars. That's right. That's the only way to celebrate, not with a not with a beer, not with a you know, victory cigar. Nope. How about a victory built bar? And if you don't have Built Bar, you're missing out. So go to Built.com right now because you're going to find out what David and I tell you about all the time and what David and I know for sure. Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein, and super high in taste. It's like, you know, basically just nirvana. I mean, if winning against the Super Bowl champions is football nirvana, this is chocolate bar and dessert and meal replacement nirvana. That's what Built Bar is all about. So go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Again, for 15% off, celebrate the Washington football team victory at Built.com. Washington football is back in the win column. And BetOnline.ag is back this weekend. They're back every weekend for all your betting needs as you need them. A new web interface coming back for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. How about the Washington Wizards getting out to a pretty good start to their 2021 season? Bet online remains your number one spot for the basketball and football action you seek. Head to that new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just like my brother-in-law did yesterday. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get that, that sign-up bonus, 50% welcome bonus again on your first deposit. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, 
hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. When your sport of favor is in season, you can find all the action you need at betonline.ag. So make sure you take advantage of the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Back now to wrap up this Victory Monday episode. Chris, we haven't said that yet. Victory Monday episode of the Lockdown Washington football team podcast. That's cool and sad all at the same time that we forgot to say that. But um, yeah. well, <laughs> well, uh, well, actually, uh, did we not after the Atlanta win? Because that was their only Sunday win, right? That's we, true, we, actually. This will be yeah. our second opportunity to say it. So right. I don't know if... Right. Uh, I don't know if we did or not, but hopefully I don't know, I don't, we did. I don't know if we did or not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, is I just, you know, I mean, like victories are few and far between, right? When, yeah. you know, your third win and it's week 10 of the NFL season, you take every chance you can to celebrate. David, I, I would I would just say this real quickly. You know, this, I and I tweeted this out with about three and a half minutes left, maybe three minutes left in the game when the game was still very much in doubt. Win or lose, this was the best this team has played in every phase of the game. Special yeah. teams, Joe Fly, three field goals for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, DeAndre Carter had a couple of nice returns. I mean, this win or lose, you know, like, uh, and obviously they won and they won going away ultimately, but it, there was a point in the time where, where the game was very much in, in, in the balance mm-hmm. and it was still there way better than the week two and week four wins. I will tell you that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and what better way to celebrate a Washington football team win than with fans of the Washington football team? And you know what? Even though they're not sponsoring today's episode, our friends over at McDonald's, let's hear from Big Mac. David and Chris, this Big Mac from South Carolina. Hey, I just want to say, Taylor, who? He came out, he showed his tail, and won the game. He played his butt off. And one thing I forgot to say the last time I called, Landon Collins has been playing some good ball. First couple games, I always see him on the TV, and I see the back of his jersey chasing people. I haven't seen that his, as of late, playing linebacker. So he, he's doing a great job. I hate that we actually lost 99. I hopefully he won't be out long. But, hey, we played a great game, told my wife first thing. Hey, look, first quarter, they actually showed me heart today. They they want to win this game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the next game and see what they can do. Thanks, guys, and y'all have a great weekend. All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate a Big Mac. And who couldn't go for a Big Mac right now, right? <laughs> I mean, especially after a big win, David. So here's the deal. Um, you know, listen, and by the way, Big Mac couldn't think of it's Chase Young, obviously, 99, as we talked about uh, in the beginning of the show. But I'll go real quickly here uh, for some defensive analysis. He mentioned Landon Collins. I thought, you know, one guy that, that quietly stood out to me, uh, and and it's he's not going to be big in the numbers, I don't think. I haven't even looked at all the numbers yet. Uh, is Cam Curl? He had a couple of big, big, big pass breakups on third down. Where again, this Washington defense, uh, David, and 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 listen, Tampa Bay shot themselves in the foot all throughout the entire first half. Uh, anybody that wants to say you know that they didn't wasn't watching the same game uh, that 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 I certainly was that played out in front of my eyes. Uh, they had drops, non-catches. The first interception, uh, of course, was a drop, non-catch, bobbled up in the air from a Cam Curl hit, uh, and then, boom, uh, William Jackson the third uh, intercepts it, right? And, and, and that was one play, but that's not on Tom Brady. That's on the young kid, I forgot his name, uh, that, that ultimately later on had a big catch of 28 or 29 yards. Here's what I'm here to tell you is Cam Curl not only had that play, but he also had two pass break uh, defenses on third downs. And that was the 
to me, that's the huge key in this game is keeping Tampa off the field for the long drives. Four of ten on third down. Sure, they converted a couple of times on fourth down, uh, including Brady on a quarterback sneak in his own territory. But I think on the very next play was the Mike Evans interception, if memory serves me correct, or the overthrow, I should say, of Mike Evans. So to me, like the the defense getting it done on third down and limiting them to 40%, which you know is not anything special superb for this defense, David, without Chase Young, without Montez Sweat, it's Hall of Fame work. I mean, Jack Del Rio should get, you know, uh, a whole lot of praise, if not, you know, a game ball and a couple of beers uh, for this performance out of his guys. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's another thing. Like We've been critical of Taylor Heineke. We've been critical of Jack Del Rio, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for getting his guys ready and for also helping to rally the troops, you know, when they lost Chase Young. I mean, without Montez Sweat, losing Chase Young, it'd be very easy for this defense to kind of just fold. And a lot of people would just say, yeah, well, you can't really blame them when they lose their two best uh, edge defenders in one, you know, for one game or whatever. Um, so, you know, uh, kudos to them for that. And and look, they had a solid game plan against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Yeah, the, the Bucs did a lot of things to, to hurt themselves, like you mentioned, but it, it, takes a, it takes a prepared defense, right? Like, uh, a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, you're lucky for this. You're lucky for that. I've always been taught and I've always believed that luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And at the end of the day, the Washington football team defense was prepared to take advantage of opportunities. Those opportunities presented themselves. They did it. So you might call it lucky, but there's preparation definitely uh, involved in there. And then as far as Landon Collins, look, three, three tackles today. Not, you know, the most stellar game, not his best game as a linebacker. Uh, but, but like you said, Big Mac, He's not blowing tackles. He's not blowing coverages. We're not talking about him giving up uh, big plays or anything like that. So it's so it's great, and uh, that's exactly what you want to see. And I know you know Coach Rivera talked about how he likes kind of employing the three safeties. We keep calling the linebacker. They keep calling him a safety. It is what it is. I saw an interview with Derwin James early on Sunday. He said, I don't care what you call me. You know, I'm going to play whatever position I have to play. And that's hopefully the the atmosphere and, and the spirit that Landon Collins is embodying because it's definitely going to be better for his unit as a whole, and they're going to need him because, again, if, if Chase Young is uh, – if what's happening is, is what we think is happening, um, they're, they're going to need guys like Landon Collins to step up for the rest of the season. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's go to our play of the game. We each have a, one of them. David, why don't you go first? Yeah, so I'm going to start at the end, I'm gonna, and it's Antonio Gibson, his touchdown uh, from the Tampa Bay one-yard line look. It's very it's low hanging fruit in the sense that it was the game clinching right not game winning score because the game winning score would have been uh, the 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 previous Antonio Gibson touchdown. I'm talking about the one at the at the very end of the game here. Um, but here's what I like this game. I kind of look at this, Chris. I'm like this this game really kind of exercises a lot of demons. And you talk about Joey Sly's kicking performance. You talk about Taylor Heineke and his decision making and his and his pass accuracy uh, performance. But we also talk about red zone offense. And this is a team that we've been talking about. It can't score inside the red zone. Well, today they have two touchdowns from inside the red zone and they end up winning by 10 points. So that's kind of the reason. And that's, that's one of those crunch time moments where you need a score, you need to come through. And, and let's be honest, over the last eight games before this one, typically in that position, the, the Washington football team folds. They, they falter in some way, shape or form. They don't come through for themselves, for their fan base, for the organization today. They did. So for me, it's more than just a one-yard run. It's more than just the game-clinching score. It's the exercising of some of the demons. Now we got to see if they can keep the demons from coming back. Uh, I'm with you, absolutely, and obviously a great way to cap off that uh, tremendous drive. My player of the game is going to be the other red zone touchdown score, and I mean 
barely. A 20-yard touchdown catch from Taylor Heineke to DeAndre Carter on a third and six out of a trips left formation. He got open right away off the line of scrimmage. I think that formation, that bunch to the left side, again, the triple spray, uh, can, may have confused uh, Tampa Bay a little bit. I'm not sure, but he was wide open right away. I could see that from my vantage point in the press box. I think Taylor Heineke was just a touch late on it too. Uh, and, and that's why maybe DeAndre Carter wasn't as wide open as he initially was, David, but he was ultimately open enough, didn't didn't drop it, had a big return, I think it was for, uh, I want to say, 10 yards early in the game, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was his only one because he uh, also had a fair catch. Uh, kickoff returns, you know, I mean, I mean, nothing spectacular, but DeAndre Carter also is involved in the jet motion game and in the trickeration game motion in the backfield. Uh, they did a bunch of that today that I saw that I think maybe contributed uh, overall to their offense. So to me, it's DeAndre Carter. And oh, by the way, I know I overall picked Tom Brady on Friday's episode as my player of the game. Uh, I did from a Washington perspective, I thought DeAndre Carter would be uh, the player of the game. So I get sort of half credit there. My player (laughs) on Sunday is uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, Listen, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. We'll get more into this uh, throughout the week. Again, right from the get-go, I thought he looked more comfortable. Uh, You mentioned the one bad throw he had. I absolutely and totally agree with you. Uh, That was, you know, there there were a couple of plays. I didn't like the sack right around his own end zone. Uh, I would, you know, there's some things that, you know, you don't like ultimately. Uh, nobody's going to play a perfect game. I thought this was by far and away Taylor Heineke's best game in terms of timing, anticipation, rhythm, in terms of seeing the field well. I know he's put up bigger numbers and maybe more electric performances and whatnot this year against the Giants. I get it. I don't care about any of that stuff. I care about operating the offense, not really turning the ball over. The turnover that they had was not his fault. I am down with Taylor Heineke in a good sort of way. Yeah, and that, that I think that's the important part of analysis, right? You have you have game analysis and then total analysis. And this game by itself, like you said, the most complete quarterback performance we've seen from Taylor Heineke. And I go back to the wild card performance. I probably even put that in there as well. Um, now, how that impacts the entire you know analysis of an evaluation of Taylor Heineke, that's a different type of story. But at least for this game, we're going to celebrate the good that we saw. My player of the game is going to be Joey Sly. And I know it's kind of weird to pick a kicker, but I mean, when it's this team, and this is kind of my theme for this game, Chris, is, again, exercising those demons. You get to kind of revenge the loss a little bit from the wild card round, even though, you know, it's not like the Buccaneers are going to ship the Lombardi Trophy out to Washington because they lost this game or anything. But you get to kind of exercise that a little bit. You get Taylor Heineke, who kind of gets off the snide a little bit. The team gets back in the win column for the first time in a while, and Joey Sly comes in here three for three for field goals, two for two. Uh, on extra points five for five kicking on the day and you know even if it's only for one week the Washington football team has found its kicker I think that's a really good call uh, and um, you know it's going to get swept away in all that went right for Washington but it was very important especially early on when Tampa was struggling uh, to again move the football shooting themselves in the foot and and Washington was you know getting these short drives and at least getting three points as opposed to no points. I think that's uh, a very, very, very good call in addition to the other stuff. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to LP and Big Mac, of course, on the voicemail line. If you want to hop in 
on the voicemail line. It's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or if you're a little shy, you want to fire off an email, it's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. Thanks for making today's episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast a victory Monday episode, if you will, your first listen of the day. Let's do this again. Huh? Let's do it next week. Now make your second listen to Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets hosted by your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. That's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks again for joining us. We are free and available on all platforms for David Harrison. Check out his fine work at SI.com's Fan Nation covering the Washington football team. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medher show on the flagship station, the Washington football team, the T980 and the Odyssey app with Pete Medhurst. We'll be back throughout the week with more re- reaction and hopefully good news, uh, probably some official bad news as well, right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.